Anna. And I'm Bethany and we're trying to review every Jane Austen adaptation ever. This is Austen Translation. So I'm a big Austen fan and I've read the books. I love a good period drama in general but I am a particular fan of Austen and her works. And this year I've set myself the challenge of trying to watch every Austen adaptation ever and I've managed to persuade Anna to come along the ride. And I'm an Austen novice. I listened to the audiobook of Pride and Prejudice when I was a kid. I've seen the two main adaptations of that. I accidentally saw Emma because Parasite was booked out, but I was actually quite into it. This week we're talking about Pride and Prejudice 2005 with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. What was your opinions of the attractiveness of the leading man? The leading man, like, na- like I don't think when first looking at him, I would be particularly like, oh. But then by the end, I am like, oh. So I think like it has to do with just the like broodiness and the whole like swishy hair and um but it's like it's part of the character of Darcy because I'm not sure if I found him like I because I've seen this movie before I feel like I'm going into it having seen the whole story arc and therefore I'm more attracted to him but like when I first saw it I think I probably was like "Mm, he's a bit weird yeah no definitely like obviously I've seen it before as well and I think but it has been a while so when I saw it again I remembered that obviously like that iconic proposal scene where they're like yeah horny in the rain (laughs) and then I saw I see him like when we first see him at the ball and I'm like oh like is this the Darcy that I fancy exactly there's just like there's a whole character arc that is like attractiveness develops his face is the same, but it's very Yeah. It's like his hair gets better because when you first see him, his hair is horrendous. I was like, why is it so bad? And, no, and so then messy. he gets windswept by the power of love. And yeah, and then that end scene when he's got his shirt open a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah striding across the moor. Is that a moor? Yeah. I'm assuming it's a moor, but you know what? Yeah. Well, I can't. I think they're in Derbyshire, aren't they? So, yeah. I feel like they're in the Peak District. I thought they were in Hertfordshire. Wait. That's where Jane Austen grew up. Yeah, I feel like they're in Hertfordshire, but I only I only knew that because my brother go, went to uni there, so I was like, oh, Hertfordshire. I think that's maybe where they filmed it, actually, yeah, so I think you're right, because I, I swear at one point in the film she does say I wouldn't dance with him if he was the only man in Derbyshire or something like no, that. That's true. He, I don't know was... enough about geography to know whether... That means well, Derbyshire is near me, and Hertfordshire is like near the coast. So oh. I'm in Leicester, <laughs> so just near me. Mm-hmm. And um, riveting stuff. So um, but yeah, I think they feel, they definitely filmed it in Hertfordshire because obviously that Pemberley shot is near where Jane Austen lived, like the big house. Mm. But um, his likability as well. We I didn't like him in. I mean, in the beginning. he's really just not a good character for like most of the film I mean it's, it's almost like you have to know you have to be really looking for it in order to see all of the mm. kind of like looks and the like weirdness and how he's socially awkward like if you didn't know that at the beginning of the film you're just like he's an asshole but like and he is an asshole but like because I was watching it this time with a view of like 
I I knew what I was looking for. It, therefore, like I did see those. I mean, like fair play to Matthew McFadden. He was doing those little kind of awkward um, facial expressions and shit, but it's all very subtle, isn't it? Yeah, like the hand, the hand, <laughs> the hand thing he does when he helps her into the carriage and he just like flexes it really weirdly. And I understand it's because like with these adaptations, they're trying to, I think they're trying to be faithful to the book. Yeah. But it's like a two hour film. Yeah. So they're, they're, a lot of the like body language shots are doing a lot of, the work yeah, lifting like and I'm, I was reflecting on this while we were watching I was like how long like what how long a time period does this take like the entire movie thing because like oh yeah you know, like because everyone's writing letters to each other and then they're going to stay in London for like three months and then like it's all very like in the that period I'm guessing there's a lot of just miscommunication because you're waiting on someone's letter or like yeah, get, definitely. someone's letter's getting lost in the post. Like, you know, I'm I'm like, why are they not texting me back? Why are they not texting me? If you're trying to like get a romance going and you're just sending each other letters and you don't even know if they're still there because maybe they went to their cousin in London or something. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's the thing because of the way that, era was and they are like part of the gentry like it makes out like the Bennett's are poor and I feel like the film kind of hams that up a little bit and they wouldn't have been as poor as they kind of make out like they wouldn't yeah my dad my dad commented on that when we first saw the house he was like is that the house of a poor person and I was like well in the sense of yeah everything relative (laughs) obviously like compared to Darcy they are poor like Darcy is like mega rich but also, like, they wouldn't have had, like, farm animals just, like, roaming free and stuff. Like, they would have had someone looking after them. But, like, when she goes, where is it she goes? She goes to Derbyshire, is it actually? Oh, maybe they are in Hertfordshire. Because when she travels with her aunt and uncle, isn't it? And then they go to Derbyshire. Yes, his house is in Derbyshire. That's what it is. And, mm. um, yeah, like, they, they do, or when she visits Charlotte Luthers, she is there for, like, three months. And, um... That's I why she sees Lady. Is, is Lady Lucas, because she talks about Lady Lucas. So and Lady she, Catherine. Yeah, but then she she mentions Lady Lucas, and I'm like, who is Lady Lucas? Oh, Charlotte Lucas's mum. <laughs> so is Charlotte a, um, is, is her mum a duchess or something? Or no, I think that they're just, they're actually, I think, along the Bennett's level of wealth. Why is there a why is she a lady then? I think she just got a title. I, I didn't I didn't remember her being called Lady Lucas to be fair. I thought it was just I'm I swear she said Lady Lucas. I'm gonna type in Lady Lucas and see what comes up. But um oh no, it looks like it's a thing. Yeah, no, she's a lady, but I think they are just right, you can have a title and not money, perhaps. But yeah. also, they are just like looked down upon a little bit, but I think that's because Charlotte's twenty-seven and not married. Yeah, pathetic. <laughs> I said to my um, my parents when she was like, "I'm twenty-seven. I have no money. I have no assets. I have no future." And I was like, "Oh, she's like, I'm already a burden on my parents." So I was like, "Relatable." <laughs> I know, like, it's so horrible to think about, isn't it? That she's just like, I'm already on the shelf. And I'm like, but you do see it from her point of view. Like Elizabeth is very high and mighty, but Charlotte yeah. is like 
if I don't marry Mr. Collins, I have very little other prospects yeah. out there for me. Yeah. But That's so what did you think of Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennet? I mean, I just find her annoying as an actress. I find her face annoying. I I it's just her like weird mannerisms and stuff, like, but because like I got into the spirit of the film and I was like she is Lizzie in this scenario yeah I'm kind of like but like again it was like I'm coming into this knowing that I already like this film and I like the storyline like I don't know how much of that is that I didn't mind Kira Knightley's performance or whether it was like but I mean fair play to her I think I think they she did a good performance in terms of the yeah. character. To be honest, Lizzie as a character, kind of annoying. Yeah, definitely. She's a I bit say um, I'm a up herself. I am annoying. So. <laughs> no, I I have seen a lot of Pride and Prejudice adaptations in my time. And um, I think she did all right. I think you're correct in the fact that, like, I agree with you in the fact that she's um, she's a bit annoying. And like, yeah, Lizzie Bennett is a bit annoying. She's a bit up herself. But also I think it's the general poshness yeah. of Kira Knightley's character. Her own character is a bit like hoity-toity or whatever. Yeah, it's weird because there's like two daughters who are like very like attractive. Mm. And there's just like these three very... Well, the thing is, these are not unattractive actresses playing the other sisters, but, like, there's just, like, this... Her and Rosamund Pike have this very kind of, like, pointy facial structure, and they're all very, like, refined and posh-looking. It's and also, they're... like, they wouldn't have been seen as attractive then. They they liked the round face and the, yeah. and the curves. So, like, I do understand this is a Hollywood film, so they've gone with the Hollywood look because even like Caroline Bingley very pointy faced yeah all of the like attractive characters are really pointy yeah and the less attractive ones are made rounder and more plain they've yeah. definitely done a good job at making them more look more plain which yeah. is still stands like back in that time but the rounder characters were definitely yeah more realistic of what they would have found attractive yeah but I think in terms of like they were I think they had great chemistry like they were a sexy yeah and Lizzie yeah no I I think that's true because they both have that very um like you know when Kira Knightley does a very intense look and she's almost kind of um not grimacing like sneering she has kind of a sneery face yes staring at someone um, and so they, they had a very good, like, intense eye contact, sneery facial expression thing going on where they were both, you know, equally intense. And that's kind of the point of the characters, isn't it, really? That they're, like, the same similar of intensity and weirdness. Yeah, definitely. They, they both had their pride and their prejudice <laughs> against <laughs> each other. And, um, yeah, no, I think, I think they did a good Darcy and Elizabeth. And I, I, I did like them by the end. Like, you're rooting for them by the end. You're not like, oh, this is ridiculous. But I would, I have to say, I think Bingley and Jane are more likeable in this adaptation. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that is true. Like you are rooting for Jane more and you're just like, oh, well, you know, they're going to end up together anyway, but you don't really, you're not like emotionally, I don't know. It's just because they're all, they're so weird and intense and pouty. <laughs> I don't relate to this because you're all being ridiculous. Yeah, I think I can relate to Jane more because the whole thing is, I, I, I know that you missed it a little bit, you know, when he's walking through the ball and she's like walking slightly in front of him and he kind of like grasps at her skirt longingly, bingly, and it, it's weird. And I think they're trying to convey that Jane is not showing her emotions and he is much more into her than she appears to be into him. Yeah. And I relate to that because <laughs> I, I wouldn't know how to tell people that I like them and would therefore go in the opposite spectrum and just pretend that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, it must have been so difficult at that time because, like, hard enough now to know whether someone's into you. Imagine back then, the only way that you know is, like, whether they ask you to take a turn around the room, <laughs> whatever they're doing, like... It's also mad, but in a way, also, it is quite like because the way that, like, the comportment was so kind of strict that if you were actually straying slightly from that, if you were like flirting a bit, it was quite maybe easy to notice. I guess it was the yeah. style. I mean, like, Darcy, obviously not because he's just like, I'm going to be as mean to you as possible that way I will show my undying love for you um which is relatable also but um no I think like with you'd think with kind of uh Jane and and um Bingley it's quite obvious that he's really into her and she's like no he's not but, I mean that's yeah. I think that's just a classic thing that people think yeah I think also because like Jane is very humble I think Lizzie knows how good looking she is and how clever she is and how smart she is where Jane they don't really say anything other than the fact that she's beautiful and um, <laughs> they, they don't really give any other clue to her she's personality nice. <laughs> yeah like, she's just supposed to be charming and pretty and um I think she's just a bit like well I don't know if I'm charming enough to get Mr Bingley. Dad was saying know. like when when we were watching he was like Rosamund Pike is really pulling it back because she's such an incredible actress and she's got so much like range um and she's like having to really pull it in in order to be kind of like this slightly boring attractive Jane character. Yeah it's also so ironic that Jane Austen created this like perfect character and then couldn't her after herself. <laughs> but um no, yeah, I, I agree. Like Rosamund Pike, I feel like it's a bit wasted as Jane. Yeah. And um but she does it well. She like, does she it does well, it well. she's great. And but I'm like, oh I wish there was like a whole side uh story on Jane and like her whole thing but really there isn't that much to Jane but I feel like you could go you could go into a yeah like, when like Lizzie, have a look into her diary see how she feels yeah like when Lizzie's like my sister barely tells me how she feels let alone anyone else I'm like oh there, there could be so much depth in yeah we just haven't we haven't seen it and I suppose the story is like told from Elizabeth and I think sometimes Darcy's point of view so they just isn't a lot of time devoted to Jane and how she feels. Yeah. 
so she kind of got lost in that but like the side characters in general I think make the entire film the film does details really well yeah and just like little bits you know when they go I think it's the second ball and Mrs Bennett is like walking through in a pudding (laughs) and she gets it on like some random man's shirt and she's like clearly a bit drunk because she just kind of carries on and then you see Mr Collins like picking a daisy. Can we talk about Mr Collins? Oh my god. He's such a good Mr Collins. Because he he was so short and then you see these these things where he's like going to talk to Mr Darcy and he's literally at like a waist height on Mr Darcy. (laughs) I also just like going back to Mr Darcy I love that they made such a big thing of him being really tall in this because like you see him walk in a room and he's almost kind of stooping and it makes his awkwardness like even more noticeable like he's literally so painfully awkward in this adaptation I feel like Colin Firth isn't as awkward he's just kind of like rude but he's like still has the kind of social skills whereas this Darcy is like he just doesn't he's he's got nothing he's got absolutely nothing (laughs) it's it's true like he's so he does make your skin crawl like when he's when you like first meet him and he plays the boiled potatoes (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah mr collins and his boiled potatoes oh my god and then his thing about compliments just everything he said i mean like yeah that's like a tribute to Jane Austen though because I think those are all like original lines where he's like yeah quite a lot of them are original lines Tom Hollander is Mr Collins and I think he does I think he just does really well I also think the actress who plays Lydia Bennett um Jenna Malone Mm. she does it really well especially when she's at the table and she's telling them about her proposal and um I don't know if you noticed it but they're like snatching like Lizzie is trying to snatch the wine glass off her oh, yeah. and take it and they just keep swapping it over <laughs> and I was just like oh, they're just great and Mary when Mary's on the piano at the ball and Mr Bennett has to tell her to stop playing because <laughs> she's so terrible I forgot that Mary was even a character to be honest and I'm really like I, I'm sad about that because I love her like I feel like that she should have had more time to shine yeah definitely like the little bits about Mary that you do see are great. Like in that in that scene where we see Mrs. Bennett and the ice cream and Mr. Collins, you then it then does go on to Mr. Bennett comforting Mary. She's like, I've practiced all week. <laughs> and you're just like, oh God, she is. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but I I noticed it because I've I've read the book. But you know how Elizabeth kind of declined Mr Collins it's made very clear that Mary would have married Mr Collins oh really yeah like like when he comes in and he's like coughing to get their attention right to propose she's like looking at him like expectantly like oh (laughs) like she likes him but I have no idea why but I think that's just because because they're equally weird yeah I think she would just quite enjoy the life of like being weird with him (laughs) in terms of that how did you enjoy the film as a whole like do you think if it didn't have the Jane Austen story it would just hold up as a period drama um I mean like kind of as I said because of the fact that I knew the story 
beforehand I had more sympathy with the characters so like Mm. that's why I was looking for those nuances of interaction between like Darcy and Elizabeth would I have been looking for those otherwise I'm not sure um yeah I think it might have felt a bit rushed like you wouldn't have really known yeah. what was going yeah, on yeah because there's so much like when you're looking for those tiny nuances you need a bit more but because you know that like because it, it's just wild like if you watch it and you're not looking for those things it's like they've been in the room maybe three times together he's been an asshole the entire time she's been really catty towards him and then he turns up and he's like i love you most ardently and it's like what what's happened here how has this happened like there's just nothing to suggest it see i like when i'm watching it i'm like oh my god he's definitely horny from yeah but that's that's literally because you're like looking for it yeah i suppose yeah i suppose because like when you first they first meet in the ballroom you can kind of see that he's like challenged by mm. her wonder what star signs they would be oh a hundred percent mr collins is an aquarius <laughs> yeah um i think i think darcy is definitely like an earth sign he's probably a capricorn i was thinking lizzie might be a scorpion yeah i don't know i feel like lizzie might be an aquarius just because she's so like precocious and wants to be so different yeah and also she's like obsessed with reading stuff all the time and it's like the equivalent of like aquarius people like with conspiracy theories and shit like she's very counter culture so i feel like she would definitely be like she has aquarius vibe I do see that, especially as like I know this didn't bug you as much as it bugged me, but it's like the the man's jacket she like dons, like when all the other women are wearing. Tits. But yes, yeah, that's no, that is a very Aquarius thing to just be like, I'm just gonna wear this man's jacket. Like every other woman is wearing a cape, and even the men aren't wearing as like ratty jackets as what she's wearing. In general, the film, like, the cinematography was great. Now, I think they relied heavily on that. Like, yeah. sometimes people just like to see a pretty film, and they delivered a pretty yeah. film. And I'm not mad about it. I think the adaptation was pretty, like, obviously, I know you haven't read the book, but I, I think, think I've like, listened to the audiobook, cool. actually, because I had one of those. Uh, do you remember when uh, you'd get audiobooks on CDs? And I had yeah. this massive, like, kind of case full of... um like classics including like great expectations and pride and prejudice and stuff um and i remember what i remember when i was first read pride and prejudice and i was like this is the most boring shit i have ever read like i couldn't even get past the first line i was like this is ridiculous i mean i think that's what it is like it grows once you understand the uh humor yeah i remember like um, my my form tutor, Mr. Guard, trying to connect with me over Pride and Prejudice. And he's like, I love Pride and Prejudice, don't you? And I was like, ew, no, it's literally the worst thing ever. Like, and he was so sad. <laughs> it, it is, I find, like, I love Jane Austen. I love everything about it. But I will admit that it is difficult to read yeah. as well. 
the woman switches from person to person without much clue so you'll you'll be like halfway down a paragraph and it will not be the person you think is saying it and sometimes you'll just start a letter and you're not sure that the letter well, started so you're just like he's writing like here? for adults also like I think like when I was younger you don't understand the ways of the world and that's kind of what she's making fun of like that's the of it is like yeah. um the whole a man in possession of a fortune must be in want of a wife or something like those those words to me they yeah. literally mean nothing to me at age 14 but then now i'm like oh yeah. of course feminism whereas before i was like feminism but like not in the same way i was like not looking for the nuance yeah because that's the thing it's like how miss mrs bennett gets a bad rap and i'm like she's literally just trying to secure the future of her daughters like that is her main priority and also her own future because and they will get choked out of the house always it's within her interest she's her clearly going to go live with jane marry. because darcy and elizabeth are not having her <laughs> mr bingley would never turn her know, away either so, so nice. nice and darcy would just be like mm -hmm. <laughs> to be honest yeah. she's a lot but also like understandably a lot also i quite like that it it's despite I think they, in the film, and I didn't really get this vibe from the book, I'll be honest, they make sure it's very clear that although Mrs. Bennet is, like, hysterical and Mr. Bennet is supposedly, like, Lizzie and, like, very sane, that they do very much love each other. Mm. And it's, um, when he calls her Blossom or something. Yeah, Blossom. He calls her Blossom. And I was like, it's a nice touch, but I, I didn't really get that vibe yeah. from the book. Mr. Bennett is pretty much like she's irritated. I think that is the thing. I feel like there could have been more made of the kind of like family dynamics rather than just like the sisters are really annoying and the mum is ridiculous and the dad like because you kind of get that at the end with the final scene where like him and Lizzie are kind of like have a kinship but I feel like there's like other dynamics that are kind of missed out in this one where well partly because it's just like been uh shortened down to like two hours or whatever it is whereas with the uh the colin firth one you get um a whole like mini series in order to kind of explore those yeah it is like six episodes long so yeah. it's like six hours they have with that instead of the two they have with this film which i think means that they did actually yeah quite well like when i first discovered pride and prejudice i first discovered the bbc yeah. mini series and I watched that, and obviously, like, I don't know, like, in Bridget Jones, he's Darcy as well. So I'd seen Bridget Jones before I'd seen Pride and Prejudice, and I knew that it's an adaptation. And when I watched that six-hour miniseries, and I just was like, I love Colin Firth, the greatest, he's the best. And then I watched the Matthew McFadden one, and I was just like, they miss out so much. They do miss out entire characters. Yeah, you don't get much then, of Caroline Bingley at all, and she's, like, actually quite... She's integral to the plot as well. Like, she is a huge part of... She fancies Mr Darcy, and you barely get any of that. I mean, you get it at the beginning, but it's like there's no kind of getting between her. Yeah, definitely. And, like, the bit where they, they do the walk around... Oh, yeah, that's my favourite bit. In, <laughs> it is my favourite bit as well. And part of that bit in the book, I, I can't even remember whether they brought it up in the film, I don't remember. Um, but she's like reading a book 
and she's like, there's no other, no better joy than reading or whatever. And she puts the book down and it's the second volume of Mr. Darcy's book. <laughs> because she just wants to like talk to him about it or whatever. <laughs> and it's so like, it's all just like, she has no chill because <laughs> she is fully going after Mr. Darcy. And I don't think they show that. They show it in little bits, like the bit where they're, she tries to kind of relate to him and he just rebuffs her yeah. instantly. I think she got lost. I think she got lost in them trying to make Yeah, I did like the touch that they were both ginger, though. They both had, like, the same hair, so you could tell they were related. One thing that did annoy me, though, is why did they dress Kira Knightley in brown the whole week? This is so down to earth. It's not like other girls. Oh, it was so annoying, because I was like, I've done some, like, research into the... Regency period recently. I also have the book Jane Austen at home. So um I kind of I don't know a lot. I'm not gonna claim that I do. But I was like they she wouldn't have really been wearing brown. Like they were into like light fabrics and like when they went to the ball and they're all wearing white, that's like quite historically accurate. Yeah, but that's I think maybe that's the point of her dressing differently is because A, she's not like other girls. Um and B, she's like she's like counter she's very like um kind of rebellious and counterculture and like an Aquarius and that's why she's like oh you're gonna wear white well I'm gonna wear brown it's true it's true I suppose it works but that was the only thing that kind of annoyed me about the costumes and how they made people look other than the fact that they are all yeah skinny because it's a Hollywood adaptation and I was like you had an opportunity to be yeah well this was 2005 yeah it's true that was that makes an excuse for it but I'm just saying I'm not entirely surprised overall I think it is up there with one of my favorite adaptations also just one of my favorite films I absolutely love the music yeah it is like it flows well yeah but I I just love it it makes me so relaxed it's an original score as well they, they've done it mm. themselves so it's not like it's always very like, like familiar as well it feels familiar when you're listening to it yes definitely it's a bit like you know when you see those films and they have a theme tune and they like gently play yeah. it throughout so they do have like the pride and prejudice theme which i think they then blended yeah all of the the songs like on peaky blinders that you do have you know, when there's just this, yeah. this little weird make... man just being like, with a red, red hand. And they change it to like, <laughs> with a red, red hand. They just stick it in anywhere. I feel like they should do that. Create some weird yeah. song for Pride and Prejudice that's like about being on the moors. I absolutely want her life. A little bit. Obviously not the having to marry. I would have been so great at being a woman in the Regency era who is like sort of uh, upper middle class because all you need to do is have loads of hobbies. Already got that. Lie around inside. Often go to your bed out of stress. Also true. Just wait for a, a suitable man to come and propose to you. And I mean, if you're rich enough, you can just have a bur- a marriage yeah. and like I've got so many hobbies I have so many skills I'm very accomplished as they would say I can play piano I can draw I can sew I'm like the best 
I'm the best of the best. You can also speak a bit of French, like you are accomplished. Well, yeah. Life. <laughs> One thing that I did find absolutely hysterical is that like dramatic shot on the Judy Dench face. They're just like, we got Judy Dench. From below, like you're looking up at her, like from the floor, because you're slowly and pathetic. <laughs> I think she plays a good yeah. Lady Catherine, especially that scene where she comes into the house. I don't know if she's supposed to come in the middle of the yeah, night. Like, like, what is, what is like, going on this, here? Yeah, would this great lady, who is also quite old, travel in the middle of the night just to then... Yeah, the seems the seems weird, but also, like, if you're a meddling old lady, this is, like, your time to shine. And you're going to catch them all off guard. Yeah, exactly. Now. That's the whole fun of it. That's like why you can go and you can catch them like while they're vulnerable. You can just insult them in every way imaginable. And then you can leave. And it's like, you've just had a great night. It is great. And I also, that is one of my favourite parts of like any adaptation. Because they keep, they keep the dialogue yeah. pretty faithful to the book. So like it doesn't really change much. Lizzie just kind of stands up for herself. And she's just like, yeah, just get out. Like, I'm not going to promise. Also, it's like clear at that point that Lizzie loves Mr. Darcy. And I think it's clear from a little mm. bit earlier on as well. So she's like, I'm not going to promise that I won't marry him. Even though she's supposed to think that that's done, that's over. Yeah. She's rejected him. And I think that's Yeah, she's contrary like, and she doesn't like Lady Catherine de Bourgh, so she's not going to like make any promises that she wants her to. And that's partly like Lizzie's own stubbornness and the fact she doesn't want to back down to Lady Catherine, but also she does also love him. But that's I don't think that's the main reason she said no. I think the main reason she said no is because she hates Lady Catherine de Bourgh. I think we should give this film a rating so that when we do okay. other adaptations we have like a, a leaderboard um for me I think although like when you first go into it and if you've read the books you're like what is happening what have they done after about 10 minutes you're into it <laughs> you're like well wrapped up into it so for me I would say it's like an oh generous yeah that is generous I don't know if I'm gonna regret that there are things that annoy me which I've forgotten to mention, the age of the Bennett parents annoys me a little bit. Jane is only 22, so Mrs. Bennett reasonably would only be yeah. early 40s. They aged much more quickly because their life was stressful. And I feel like Mr. Bennett's life is very stressful. So he could be like 45 and he just looks <laughs> old. I understand Mr. Bennett being older because, like, Mr. Darcy is not 21. <laughs> like, he is, like in his 30s so and I think Bingley probably like the women married older probably yeah. like 10 years older generally my parents absolutely yeah. loved the bit where you know she comes in she's just received the letter from Jane saying that Lydia's run off and she comes in and she goes <gasps> and yeah. she like cries and then she walks out the other door <laughs> No, I think we're going to keep it at eight. I just remembered all those little details and the side characters are great. I think they did really well with the cast in there. And the, the cinematography is beautiful and the music is great. And there are like hang-ups, like, like Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth are slightly irritating, but I think they're supposed to be a little I think, bit irritating. I think as a film, it's really enjoyable. Um, 
as an adaptation of the original text, I feel like it falls short in some places. Um, but like, as yeah. because it's a film and it's trying to keep your attention on one storyline, because there's no there's no real room for. I mean, there are like multiple storylines in in the sense of Jane and Mister Wickman that, but like, I feel like they did well with the amount of time that they had. I'm gonna give it a seven, yeah. I think. Do you know what? I think we've started out strong though. I do. Like, I think there is there is. I know, and it's all downhill from here. There is about 15 of Pride and Prejudice. I think we need to, we need to ch- change it up a little bit. Watch. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know whether like, yes, it would be definitely. more scientific to watch all of the Pride and Prejudice ones one after the other so that we have a direct comparison or whether... But then I don't think I would survive that. I think I would. No, it, it's too much because it is the same story just over. And especially there's about six that are just like, oh, actually, I'd say about 10 of them are just like straight adaptation. So I think Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility. I've never seen that one. one. It's got... It, it's got a big cast. You've got Kate Winslet, Anna Rickman, Hugh Grant, and Emma Thompson. Four, and I think it's produced by Emma Thompson. Yes, I'm into well, this. So, and also I think with the other books, you might need to watch mm. a straight adaptation. Yeah. If you haven't read them, and I you understand. That's all from us for now. We'll be back next Thursday reviewing Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility. Please don't forget to review at five stars if your app allows and subscribe on Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, please email us at austintranslationpod at gmail.com or austin underscore translation underscore pod on Instagram. We bid you adieu. 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 Yes, adieu.